Welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Hello. That was surprisingly sedate. Also, <laughs> Wait, I'm protesting. It's not a real show because Lee's not here. It's not a real show. It's a sham. Sham shows are my favorite. I think Sham Show was an alternate title for this podcast. <laughs> also, I like that instead of just having a normal emotional level of Hi, it's nice to it's nice to be on the show. Unfortunately, we don't have Lee. You chose hi. Hi, just the whole gambit. Yeah, yeah. Really giving the people a show. Also joining us, Jed Brewer, director of Mission USA Productions. You see, Matt, this is a talkie, which means I want the full range of emotions in every scene. Somebody throw a pie. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, so we don't have Lee. Not joined by Lee, as uh, you may have heard from the unhinged yelling that's already happened on this episode before we even introduced the two people I had to introduce. Yeah, I'm under protest. You're so, under protest, or the show is under protest from you? It's all a protest that Lee's not here. It's a it's a farce. A farce. Well, that is true. Yeah, that's pretty much always true. Yeah. Well, we don't have Lee, so we're not going to do the normal episode where you're writing your questions, because... Let's be honest, Lee balances these other two out in a pretty necessary way. It's true. That's true. On those questions. Well, we have had But some. so well, let's move on. Totally. <laughs> Glenn's come around, folks. You'll be happy to know. It took it quite a, a bit of doing. It was a tough journey of healing and willing acceptance. Yeah. Get on board. Yeah. So we have had a lot of um, good feedback on our stories episodes we've done before. So we're going to do a version of that. We're going to do some, some other things. So. We were uh, we were talking uh, not that long ago, Jed and I, about kind of the weird, disparate things we all do in this ministry, and that's uh, the three of us do kind of from jailhouse preaching to our bridge service, which is obviously a huge part of all of our jobs, to our online stuff with the blogs and the podcasts, and, um, and Glenn does a lot of work kind of uh, working with and uh, coaching up pastors and denominational leaders, and we're talking about kind of how weird and varied all that stuff was, and we realized that... Um, the, oddly enough, the thing that ties all that together is it's pretty much us answering questions. Yeah. It's yeah. really as part of the way this podcast came about is um, there's a bridge service, which is the way our bridge service works is the topic that's being preached on is something that someone has put in a suggestion box. That's how that works. So Glenn kind of adopted that format for his blog of taking in Q&As, and then we kind of adopted the podcast off the blog. So it's all mm-hmm. kind of part of the same string of DNA. Which is great because it leads to a type of ministry that really is um, kind of surgically effective. You're mm-hmm. you're not going up and preaching a sermon out of Hezekiah and hoping that somebody relates to that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're uh, somebody in this room asks this question. So the thing I'm preaching, at least one person in this room is going to be very interested right, right. in th- that issue. So it it kind of gives us that particular. Um, that it gives the ministry a very particular flavor to have it be in response to questions. Of course, sometimes that also means you have to stay on your feet. So I thought we we'd get Glenn to share one of my all-time favorite kind of, <laughs> I didn't know this was going to go that way, stories, which happens to be about a question. Then we're going to do kind of just talk through some other, the, the kind of questions we get and the way we kind of think through and try those. So Glenn, why don't you, why don't you take it away? Well, let's, let's preface it by uh, saying this. 
I get asked about the subject of masturbation beyond your wild imagination. You imagine I might get asked that, you know, here and there occasionally. Sure. Multiply that by ten, by ten. It's more than that. So it's just this is, and I'm sure that's true for a lot. And of even religion. in a world of pre-internet, that was the case. Apparently, oh yeah, you know, this is, you know, I, and I'm sure it's true for a lot of religious professionals and stuff. Uh, everyone uh, feels like it's a private thing that only they struggle yeah. with, and and they'd be horrified for anyone else to know that they struggle with it. But it's just that common. Well, I'm uh, in a, uh, uh, this is back in Texas. Uh, oh, no, this was here in Chicago in a juvenile facility uh, when I, I was uh, working with juvenile uh, inmates. Um, and I was in a detention, it's a detention facility, and I was doing a um, small group type Bible study kind of thing, really, you know, not really different from the kind of uh, small group uh, kind of thing you would do in, in a church. And uh, we would get uh, some Bible verses together, and we'd look at them, and they would kind of talk about their struggles and ask me questions and stuff. And one of them used a euphemism for masturbation with which I was not familiar. And um, hijinks ensued. The phrase they used uh, to ask me about it e- euphemistically was, um, uh, is it a sin to, quote, get your money? Mm. Now, uh, today, I would, I would tell you that uh, experience being a missionary has taught me to be humble and to say, what do you mean by that? Because I'm not familiar with that phrase, rather than trying to fake like I know what you mean by that. <laughs> trying to work it out on the fly. And you can you, you can tell how I have learned these lessons in a very powerful way just by the setup of this story. So they said, is it a sin to get your money? Uh, I decided, without having the humility to ask, that what they were referring to is going out and hustling and selling drugs and so on and so forth and and getting money, uh, income, through illicit activities. Uh, So when they said, is it a sin to get your money? I said, well, it all depends on how you get your money. Tell me more. (laughs) I've never had a more... Interested and fascinated audience on a theological. I mean, quick, get me something to write with. Yeah, I want to get this down. You know, and uh, I I've said, really got a knack for this ministry thing, guys. They were riveted. Yeah, and so I was saying, well, it just depends on how you get your money. There's a lot of people get money in lots of different ways, and uh, what it's really about uh, is is finding a way. That's uh, that's responsible. Sure. That's uh, you know wholesome. That's uh, uh, you know. Uh, I mean, if you're getting your money out on a street corner, that's obviously wrong. That I mean, would that's, be uh, that's too much. Uh, you guys are getting your money from you know just uh, uh, hanging out on the corners and, and dealing with people in that sort of way. Well, that's obviously inappropriate. So what we had to do it's is right out. You know, you, you, you know, you, you you have to do this in an appropriate way. And that you know, just slowly but surely, just the more confused and horrified looks on her face, and eventually one of them said, "You don't know what we're asking, do you?" And I, actually, I'm beginning to get the feeling that I don't know what you're talking about. And so, 
Yeah, it's, about it's, the time Glenn told them the best way to get your money is to go to the employment agency in a yeah, nice suit. Yeah, and they really just <laughs> really were confused by that. Yeah. So yes, it, it is. Uh, you, you you learn through the process of answering these questions. Humble yourself. Ask questions. Listen. Uh, do, you know, uh, be get a good assessment of the situation before you start talking like you know what you're saying. You know. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, the other thing you get the uh, the sense of is. Which we get more in the inner city, but as Glenn has pointed out, kind of in in the online stuff we do is there's no such thing as too basic a question. Yeah, right. right. They, there's no starting it when people. A lot of people get in trouble when they try to ask the super advanced question. That's right. And just start it. Is just in to get your money. That's the thing <laughs> right. I've, I've I we want to do it. Right. Pretty sure we're not supposed to be doing it. Right. Do you have a loophole for us, or are we just not doing it? What's <laughs> right. the deal? Right. Yeah. Absolutely right. So there, there are those kind of um, questions we get on the mission field on the front line. And then there are also the, uh, the slightly more serious ones mm-hmm. where um, having a, a good answer is a really, really important type of thing. I believe you have one of those stories as well from gang leaders. Oh, yeah. There, uh, there was a guy I was working with on the north side of Chicago. Um, I, I had developed a relationship with... Uh, some uh, members of the Latin King gangs, very large gang organizations all throughout the country, and people may be familiar with their headquarters at the time was in Chicago uh, in the neighborhood I happened to be working in. Uh, this guy I got to know uh, was a little bit outside of that territory, a little in the far north of Chicago. A uh, great guy, uh, totally wide open to the gospel, uh, got involved with us, started going to church, uh, everything going along uh, just right, and happened to be, in, in a very odd way, very conversant with their bylaws. It turns out Latin kings have written bylaws, and they go by them. Which they, is actually most of the gangs in Chicago do, right? Yeah, they do. And uh, uh, he extricated himself from involvement in that gang through a comprehensive knowledge of he lawyered him, he lawyered himself out of the latin kings yes he he did he said like within the latin kings i'm kind of like a lawyer person you know which is i found absolutely fascinating very sharp guy uh he had a good relationship with the guy who was the shot caller of sort of the next door group of latin kings to to his territory so he knew them well was on good terms with them and um uh we had an event uh, uh, a, a sporting event where we we're gonna do with all the guys, and he said, "Well, I'll invite the, uh, this guy that I know who's a shot caller mm. over there, and uh, then you do your magic, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, you ministry at him, yeah, yeah, something, you know." And I said, "Well, okay, I'll I'll figure something out then, you know." And the guy came, uh, uh, bless his heart, he must have been a solid foot taller than me. Big guy. Um, we, we had a, a, a crew of about six guys with him from his neighborhood. Very serious guy. Um, uh, uh, and um, we shook hands, and the guy says, well, I, I hear a lot of good stuff, and you, know, you seem like a good guy. Uh, but... Before I can involve my boys in this, I want to know what kind of a guy you are and what what it is that you're really preaching. And I said, okay, that's that's fair. I, I I can get along with that. And he says, I want you to answer my question. And the way you answer this question is the way it will determine whether or not we have anything to do with you or not. And I said, well, that's that's uh, okay. 
let's do that. And he, his question was, are you a, is everyone a child of God because God has made them, has created them? Or are you only a child of God when you behave and follow the rules and do what God tells you to do? Uh, is that what makes you a child? You become a child of God as a result of that. Which is an absolutely fascinating question. It is very basic uh, uh, theological uh, type stuff. And uh, obviously I was very careful to answer it and word it in a way that was appealing uh, because that's important if they're armed. Yes. A lot of... That will really get you on your preaching game. This is what I'm saying. There's a lot of people going through seminary now. If they just had an experience of trying to explain their theology when someone was, you know, carrying a loaded weapon, they you really find the grace. You 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 find the grace, which is also biblical. So that's good. That works. It all works together. You see. So uh, he asked me this question, and I uh, I found that, that the right thing to say theologically and the, the thing that uh, was also appealing to say uh, was that um, you know, if you have a child with a woman and you never interact with that child, it's still your child. There's no question about that. Um, but uh, that relationship becomes real when there's an interaction. But the behaving of that child has nothing to do with whether or not that's your child. Mm-hmm. That's your child, whether they behave good, bad, right, wrong, up, down. The love doesn't change. The relationship doesn't change. The relationship is deeper the more you interact, and that's the heart of it. That's the health of it. That's the whole point of it is the interaction. But the behaving isn't on the scale at all. And, of course, that's you know plain vanilla Christian theology, uh, there's nothing, uh, and, and I, I wasn't uh, uh, bending things to make it. It's, it turns out it's good news, so that's you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, I thought it was um, the kind of thing that you wouldn't expect to to be the make or break in that kind of a mm-hmm. neighborhood. So it's you know, it, it's it's fascinating the kinds of things that uh, these guys come up with, you know. Well, that's absolutely, absolutely right. It is fascinating the kind of things these guys come up with. And we're going to give you a couple of examples of that now with some of our bridge service questions. Like, as we said, there's uh, our bridge service question. If, you're, if you subscribe to Bridgebox, you may know that uh, the sermons you hear are based on or recorded live at our bridge service and some of the music is. And that is questions that have been turned in by the guys. Sometimes um, the syntax needs a little work, so Glenn will massage them to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe, you know, make it. Um, do some pastor translation so that the uh, the pastors who aren't our staff people preaching know what on earth we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. But you would think, I, at least I did before I, I worked here, and I know uh, been on our host teams that I've been on and host teams interact with. I'm the vision of what a what a question that a person in a recovery group in in addiction recovery or coming out of gang or coming out of jail would ask. I'm not exactly sure what people think it is, but the questions that we get at the bridge are apparently not what people are envisioning in their mind. Because mm-hmm. someone will come, sit through a service, it's very nice, and if at some point we explain that this was a question submitted by one of the guys or gals in the audience, they get a look, pastors and hosting people get a look in their mind, like, I think if we put up a question box at my church, we wouldn't get questions that good. Yeah. 
I don't really right. know what to do with that. <laughs> yeah. But they're very sharp questions, and they're they're kind of, as, as Glenn's saying, they combine a couple of those things. One, much like the Get Your Money story, very practical. Yeah. Right. And also there is a, especially when we have, as we're going through a season of right now, we've got a current kind of influx of a lot of new guys, the mm-hmm. British were some new residential programs. So we've had as many as um, two dozen first-timers. Right. Which is over half our service as people are there for the first time. So... There is also a little bit of that feeling out process where these, mm-hmm. maybe even if the question was submitted in a way, the way we answer the question comes in a way of we want to be very precise and very clear in what we're communicating and what we're telling people. Mm-hmm. So we're going to just maybe run through a couple of these to give you the idea of what the questions we deal with and how we approach those. What Our Tuesday, bridge services, our bridge services every Tuesday, and on Tuesday lunch, me, Glenn, Jed, and our friend uh, and coworker Pete will sit around um gripe moan complain right. yell scream for about an hour and then we dig out the topic which one or sometimes we have a hole in the booking a couple of us will be preaching on and we kick that around of exactly what are they asking what's the angle on this what do we think other pastors might say that we'll that they'll miss and we want to pick that up so we're going to look at kind of how we approach these questions we get in a very serious way and uh kind of the foibles so this is our question from Last week at the bridge, last Tuesday, as we record this, so this was towards the end of October, the the title of it is Using People. The question is, how do I apologize for using people to satisfy my sinful nature? In the past, I was so selfish and I used people, and now I don't know what to do to say or make things right again. I guess you could say I pulled every hustle in the book, and now I'm sure they're all people, that's all people see when they look at me, just another hustler. Funny thing is, everything I try to say to apologize comes out sounding like just another hustle. How can God help me to show that I'm for real this time? And uh, before we dive maybe even too much into the question, Jed, can you uh, translate hustle for the audience and what this person means by I was hustling, I they just see a hustler? Yeah, there's, there's uh, actually a bunch of kind of culturally specific stuff in there it's worth looking at. Basically what this person is describing is I've stolen from everyone I know. That that's what they mean. Um, the the odds are high. This is a person that has a long term history of addiction to controlled substances, whether that's alcohol or drugs. And in order to fuel that addiction, they have lied, manipulated, and outright stolen from everyone they're related to, every friend they've ever had, anyone who would talk to them for thirty seconds. They have tried to manipulate into giving them money, anyone- which is kind of what happens with a lot of addiction. It just just inevitably descends into that. Absolutely, absolutely. And and in fact, they've um, anywhere that they could steal something that wasn't nailed down, they have. Yeah. Um, one of the things that's an interesting uh, kind of uh, thing. Um, so in the inner city, the idea of taking care of family um, is actually far, far, far more important than it is in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the, in the suburbs, you you might not know this, but there's far more of an idea of you're on your own. Mm-hmm. You you look mm-hmm. out for you. Yeah. Um, the inner city does not work that way. Um, we, we look out for each other. And the idea of you know, being someone that, that has something and wouldn't share it, that's the worst kind of human being there is. Absolutely right. There are certain recovery centers that we work with that all of the clientele are people that have misbehaved so badly, their own relatives have said, no more. Wow. You're, not, you're not welcome here. We don't want you around. Do not come around. Right. Um, the, the, you're cut off. To, to reach that point in the inner city is nigh on unthinkable. 
I mean, yeah. you've you have truly um, done something epic. So, and 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 part of that means we're working with people at the bottom of the very bottom. Exactly right. So, in a lot of ways, what this person is saying when they use the the word hustling, specifically, what they mean is telling made up stories to try and convince people to give them money. That's that's literally what they mean when they talk about hustling. The broader background is no one trusts them. No one likes them. No one wants them around. In many cases, they've been told by the gang element in that neighborhood, do not ever come back here. Right. We don't want to yeah. see you again. It'll be physically dangerous for you to, to be back. In the, do not come back to this neighborhood. Yeah. Their relatives have told them, don't ever come back. Don't talk to me again. And what they're wondering is, I've been sober for about a month. I'd like to figure out how to restore relationships with people I care about. I don't know what to do, and I don't know right. where to begin. Right. That that's the kind of the background and the question they're posing. That's great. And as in as far as another bit of background, Glenn, the the person starts off. I think people might be surprised with how do I apologize for using people to satisfy my sinful nature? That may seem a little more um, biblically and theologically um, illiterate than people mm-hmm. would expect, mm-hmm. but there actually are a fair amount of guys who come to the bridge who have who know Bible about as well as anyone in any suburban church, how does that affect the way we answer these questions? Well, it, it, we do have that range, you know, the guys who have been in, in sitting in the jailhouse and studying the Bible with other Christian brothers on the deck for two or three hours a day, every day, that kind of thing, and know, know the Bible backwards and forwards, don't necessarily know how to apply it in a, in, in a day-to-day way. Uh, we have other guys that walk in, don't know, Never been in a church. Never set foot in a church. Now, literally, yeah. we have a Bible in our new people pack, and that is the first Bible a lot of people have hold, have held, if not seen. Yeah. Right. So we you know, we have to consistently remind ourselves to bring the, the stuff around uh, to the beginning. But the idea uh, that they're asking about here is, you know, the is this idea I'm using people. But uh, the the analysis that we put into that was, uh, you know, kind of reading behind the, the, the lines of what the person is saying there is it's important for everyone to buy into yes. what I'm doing. And that's where the alarm bells went off for us. Wait a second. Why is that important? Yeah. It's important for people to buy into your hustle if you're hustling. Yeah. If you're not hustling, they don't have to buy into anything because exactly right. they're they're not participating in the process. This is you earning a new reputation, and so that gave us a real handle of how to bring that to them. One of our other pastors, I thought, put it really uh, brilliant in, in 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 talking about you know the the truth doesn't need. Uh, to be couched, the exactly truth doesn't right. need to be. It, the truth does its own work. You know. Yeah. So to jump in real quick, one of the things, and this informs a lot of the stuff that we normally do on Say That, is beware of the obvious answer. Yeah, There's a reason why that answer doesn't work, right? Mm -hmm. So beware of the Sunday school answer. That's right. Right? In this case, the Sunday school answer, there's, there's a verse in Ephesians that very clearly says, the one who steals must steal no more. Right. But instead must do honest work, doing something useful with his hands, that he may give to those who are in need. Right. Right. It's a great verse, and it is the answer to the question the person has posed. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just the common sense answer, it's the biblical answer. Mm-hmm. And the guys that are biblically literate know that verse. Mm-hmm. The guys that are not biblically literate 
um, sense that would be the case that, mm-hmm. that you know that would be the thing to do. They, they know we need to land on that. Exactly right. That's that's the place we want to land. The question is, why isn't anybody doing it? Right. That's the thing that matters. And again, that's actually what informs a whole lot of what we do here on Say That on you know on normal weeks is that question of you kind of sense what the right place to land is, mm-hmm. but you're not trying to get there. Yeah. Why is that? What's the thing that's standing in the way of you pursuing the right thing? Well, that's that's built into the way the bridge service is designed. We the way the bridge service works is uh, folks come in, they're welcomed. Jed leads them in worship. Then we have a little uh, thing we do every week, a scripted welcome kind of. If you're if you're new or if you're kind of still semi new here, here's what the bridge is. Here's the point of it. Here's here's what you're going to see. Here's what you're going to hear. And then we do our topic reading. So someone have gotten read this. And then the first thing we have is something that. Uh, Jed's wife, Hallie, normally uh, presents for us, which is called the launching pad. The whole point of the launching pad is there's a Sunday school answer that, as Jed's pointing out, is it's not that it's wrong. It's just that we need to go deeper for it. But we need to start with, and the Sunday's, the launching pad verse for this, the week we did using people, was the one who steals must steal no more. Yeah. And you get a lot of people, that's tend, the room tends to be a little quiet during the launching pad. Yep. Because there's a lot of, Oh, I was really hoping that wouldn't be the answer. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. literally the launching pad ends most weeks with a, a segment where how uh, I will say, and which I'm the only one who ever does this, but I will say, so here's, we're going to do it. And so we can leave the really hard part to our pastors. And if it's a night I'm preaching, I will stand in the back and heartily boo yeah. that statement. Right. So our pastors can handle the really hard stuff. Boo. Right. And therefore, here's the real question we need our pastors to answer. Right. Yeah, but right. we, as Judd's saying, what you do on the podcast a lot, we have to get the super service answer out of the way. Not really out of the way. We need to address it. Yeah. But then we need to get to, as uh, Glenn's pointing out, I'd like you to expand on that kind of, as you'll often say when we have these meetings, we have an ideal Mm-hmm. But well, then we have a reality, and we need to right. wreck the. A good sermon does not just tell you the ideal; it tells right. you how to get there. Absolutely right. That's the whole thing: is is being able to move from the real to the ideal is the whole thing. Um, uh, far too many of our pastors struggle to start with reality. Here's where we are. Here's what's yeah. going on. Uh, uh, and far too many of them want to express the ideal as that's the whole thing, mm-hmm. as if we didn't know Faith that. Faith is good. You know, you, you, you're stealing. You know what? Stop. Stealing's bad. Don't steal. steal. You know, I knew that before I walked in here. You're not helping me yet, dude. I wasn't uh, stealing because I didn't know it was problematic. Yeah. There were other motivations at play. Yeah, I mean, uh, there there is a, a certain... Mentality, it's oddly common in, in, in a certain amount of pastors and a, and a whole lot of lay people of these people need to be told they're doing something wrong. Yeah. And if you work with criminals for a living, you realize very quickly they know they're doing wrong yeah, stuff. That's not the issue. You know, now they will, they will, sure, if you stand them up in court, they will make excuses for what they're doing or something mm-hmm. like that. But uh, we're, 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 when you talk to them back at this jail cell, which is you and them, they say, "Oh yeah, I did all kinds. Of, I did everything. Yeah. I, I, I don't ever ha- have that guy who's just denying that he ever did anything wrong." Well, to that point, what guys will tell you is, even they said, "Look, I didn't do this particular thing. Now I've done a lot of other stuff." So, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, uh, I remember uh, we had a, a guy who worked for us a little while back, uh, Ron Roberts, and. Uh, he came from a pastoral background. He had uh, been a church pastor, came to work for us. Uh, and I said, okay, Ron, I've got this guy. 
He's in a downstate facility. I worked with him when he was here locally, but he's gone, been sent uh, to a, a state facility that's some miles away. Um, he's going to be calling in. I'm not going to be here to take the call, but it's a collect call that he'll, you know, whatever, and just whatever it is, fix it. You know, do whatever whatever his problem is. You line him out. Line him out. This These is, are the kind of specific, actionable instructions <laughs> you'll get if you work for Glenn. <laughs> they come. You'll be getting a call from a crook. Yeah. Fix it. Yeah, they, they they come crooked. You straighten them out. That's the job. So. Um, uh, what was interesting is I sort of came in just as this conversation was getting going and he had the guy on speakerphone and the guy laid out, I mean, the worst mess. I mean, a Gordian knot of, you know, I've got five children by three different mothers. They all hate me. They all hate each other and know who each other are. And I want to be a good father. How, where, what, what would that look like? You know? Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's it, a question for the ages. No, Solomon would just cry yeah. if he had. But Ron, bless his heart, he, he, got, he, he summed up his courage and he says, well, I think the most important thing is we find a way to be responsible, handle our responsibilities, be a godly parent, uh, get a job that allows us to provide resources to all the children, regardless of the mother, and be able to not have to depend on them, but they can depend on you because you're handling things in a responsible and godly way. And he, he laid it out. It was, yeah. it was really, it was really just fantastic, you know, and, and you could tell he was warming to his own, yeah. uh, you know, whatever, very awesome thing he's laying out. And the guy, it was a long pause after that. Uh, and the guy says, okay, you're right. You sold me. That's what I want to do. Okay, how do I do it? Yeah. And the look on my man's face. Yeah. I mean, I'm prepared for this eventuality. <laughs> I don't have an answer for that one. <laughs> Just no idea that it would be that easy to sell him on the idea. Right. And that the whole thing would be how. That, right. that was not in his mindset at all. Uh, uh, so that's the whole thing for us is the, the real and the ideal is we tell them what the ideal is, yes, but it's how do we map that that route to, to get to it. Absolutely. So in this case, we have, I'm using people, I've been using people, I need to stop, I need to go back, I need to make amends in some way. How do I do it? Okay. The ideal is the one who steals must stop stealing, get a job, work hard with his hands, be generous to those in need. That's the ideal. Right. That's the thing we want to get to. One of the principles that we operate on a lot is that Particularly if you sense what the ideal is, which these guys pretty much do, then it's what are the obstacles that are in the way? Right. What are the roadblocks? What right. are the things? So just like with this conversation of, great, you know, how do I do that? What are things that are actually in the way? Because this guy, if, if he said, well, you know, the how is you get a job and then you, you know, what this guy would come back and say is, well, here are the three or four things that I feel like I couldn't get past. So in this mm -hmm. case with, with using people, we can make a guess. There's a few things that may be going on. There are obstacles that are standing in the way. Option number one is you don't think you can pull this off. Mm -hmm. You don't believe you can do this. The idea of going to a straight legal job and working hard mm -hmm. every day, you just don't think you can do. Mm -hmm. And there's plenty of guys that do feel that way. Yeah, just, they don't want to hire me. I would never be able to stick with it long enough to... Exactly know. right. Exactly right. So, you know, maybe that's it. That's, that's a possibility. That'll be true for some of the guys. Another possibility is, do you think it wouldn't work in that your relatives or the people you've hurt or lied to or stolen from, they just wouldn't believe it? 
Right. Is that a possibility? Just, oh, the, the things I've done, nobody could ever get past, so is that it? And we got to acknowledge that because there may be some truth there. Right. In every uh, you know, kind of addict's recovery, there are certain people where no matter what they do, that those people are never going to let it go. Right. They're never, you know, it's just, oh, I remember when you X, Y, Z, and that's that's it. All right. So that's option number two is option number one is I don't think I could pull it off. Option number two is I don't think it would work and people would never let it go. Option number three, which is perhaps the most intriguing one, is I think I probably could do it. Mm. I think it probably would work, but I think it's going to take a long time. And I don't know how to live in that in-between where I'm doing a good job and working hard and taking steps, but I'm not getting the respect that I deserve off Mm -hmm. of the steps that I'm taking. All right. It's going to be some combination of those three. We've got enough experience to say it's actually that third one most of the time. For right. most, it's it's the first one for some guys. It's the second one for some guys. But for most guys, most of the time, it's that third one. We'll one. cover all three just to cover all the bases. Exactly right. But now we can actually answer the question. Because now it's about saying, look, if you're concerned you couldn't pull it off, here's what we do with that. If you're concerned it wouldn't work, here's what we do with that. But for a lot of you concerned, what do I do in the meantime where I am kind of doing it, but I'm not kind of getting the respect and whatnot, and how do I live and how do I be patient in the midst of that? Right. Now we can dig in and we can speak to that. That's absolutely right. It's uh, One of the things you may not guess about the way we answer these questions is there's a lot of, and particularly we've been doing more of this lately, there's a lot of rah-rah. There's yeah. a lot of the, uh, oh, the yeah. biblical term would be exhortation. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of um, kind of, and you, you hear it if you listen to Bridge Podcast where we put a lot of these sermons up, a lot of mushiness, a lot of, mm-hmm. um, Glenn has described it before as kind of grandfatherly, you can do it and mm-hmm. we believe in you and we're here for you because part of a lot of what we're doing on this these uh, questions at the bridge is similar to what we do on the podcast is we know this isn't going to be the last question this person has. We know it's got to be not going to be the last question somebody in this room has on this topic. So we're kind of trying to get, instead of solving your whole problem, we're trying to kind of give you some tools to move from A to B. Yep. Then when you get stuck on B, you come back, put another question in the box. We'll deal with it then. The bi- one of the big things we landed on the week we were doing this, and Jed pointed right there is this patience aspect. Cause mm-hmm. again, some of this is inferred because uh, Glenn and Jed have a lot of experience dealing with uh, reading these questions and really what they actually mean. This kind of, you know, I've this idea of I'm, I'm doing and saying the right things and nobody's digging into it. Well, they can read that and know you've been doing and saying the right things for mm, six months at the outright max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it took you longer than six months to piss all these people off. Yeah, right? you were hooked on crack for 15 years. You've been clean for three months. What yeah, do you want? so you can't yeah. really expect everybody to come on back around immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there are some of these issues where we have, uh, as Glenn was kind of talking about with uh, the phone call Ron, talking people into things. There are some things like you got to be responsible and get a job. And surprisingly easy to talk them into. Yes. Then there are some things like if it took a long time to break the trust it will take a long time to build the trust back. Right. Where you get a room full of people saying, even if that's true, screw you for saying it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a hard word. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so there's, yeah, we, not that we get around that. We don't, we're not scared of going at that, but we couch it in a lot of encouragement. We're going to be here for you. As Jed's pointing out, you have to address that emotional landscape. Okay. If it's going to be a long time, you got to give me something to do in the meantime. Absolutely. And, and, and there's humor sometimes takes a role in that where we, you know, kind of, uh, uh, uh 
you know, lighten the load with some humor on some of that. Yeah. You know, okay, okay, congratulations, you've been clean and sober for six years. You know, let's get the elephants going and bang the drum and have a big parade. And whatever. I, yeah, bang, absolutely. Bang, bang, yep. bang, boom, boom, boom. Well, you know, it, it's it, now when I say it out loud, it sounds silly. But hopefully. In, hopefully. But in your mind, it made sense that because it is a huge thing that yep. that you're that, to, to stay clean and sober for six months. I can celebrate that Absolutely. with you. The rest of the staff here celebrates that with you. These people are not going to celebrate it with you because you stole <laughs> their dog and you sold the dog. That's a real thing. Yeah, <laughs> and true. Well, so- the, the platonic example we always use, which tends to get a, la- a laugh of recognition at the bridge, is you stole Grandma's VCR. That's right. Yeah, you did. And everyone in that room is going to look like... Yeah. yeah, I kind of yeah, stole yeah. Grandma's VCR. Yeah. You don't ask Grandma to give you encouragement because you stole her dog and her VCR. Okay, sure. so yeah. that's double dipping. You, 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 you. Let's strike one and two over there. So let us encourage you. Let us tell you that it's amazing. Lean on us for that because we're part of this new life that you have, and we're so that I can I can put a hard word in there, a hard confrontation, and. Uh, uh, some humor that helps us kind of laugh off a hard truth and be vulnerable to it and exhort them all Mm. in one stroke you know i'm saying let us let us be your cheerleader don't don't rely on people that you've Mm. hurt and say after i've hurt you now you have to cheer me on that's not that's not how life works that's what we're in your life for we're in your life to be your cheerleaders and to and a little bit of guidance and steering and a little help and uh, finding the easy way to get through some of these hard steps and stuff. So let us do that. Don't don't lean on them and, and rely on them. And you can't hustle us, so that's not a concern. And you don't need to because you're doing it. And, you're, yeah. you, and it's great. And we think it's awesome. We celebrate it. So... Uh, so that boils it down to patience, like Joe was talking about, and we know what to do with how to preach patience and talk about patience and unpack that and get them uh, uh, on that. So we're eliminating a ton of obstacles and things and potential pitfalls by you know breaking down all those things on on the way to getting where they need to go. And a lot of that speaks to um, what we try to do a lot of times is this emotional reality these people are going, these our guys and gals are going through there. And there, as Glenn pointed out there, and we'll we'll take a slower pace to look at a lot of these. Of there's a lot you're communicating with a very few to no words. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of attitudes and yeah. assumptions that you're kind of breaking down. So when you go up there and say, "Look, you can't expect Grandma to um, really, you know, bake you a cake for being sober for two weeks, right? Because you stole Grandma's dog. That's right. There will be a couple of guys." Who know who've been to the bridge and know we're not looking down on them start to giggle and right. then that will spread. Right, yeah. right. Because everybody in the room stole grandma's VCR. That's yeah. right. But one of the things we're communicating that moment is we can joke about that because we know it's not a big deal that you stole grandma's VCR. Right. We know it's not because you're an evil person. We know you had something you were dealing with. Right. And welcome, you're in a room where everyone has stolen grandma's VCR. That's yeah. right. <laughs> that's right. So yeah. if if I say something about patience and you think that, if I say something about this and you think that's what you need to hear and you say amen, nobody's going to be confused about the fact that you need this because you're one of them sinners. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's Everybody's right. stolen someone's dog yeah. up in this place. Well, and the impact of taking, of orienting everything to the basics uh, orienting everything to we're all sinners. We've all done. If you haven't stolen someone's dog, you t- you did something. Everybody did something. 
So, you know, th- that turns out to be a much more effective way to to go about doing ministry than pretending okay, we're we're all we're all pretty know, much perfect. Yeah, all pretty much perfect. Let's just polish out the last few uh, details of that. Yeah. That's a phrase that um, comes up a lot that we try to work into pretty much every time we address a question, which you'll you'll hear us do a lot on the podcast. We may even call it out sometimes when we do it, which is uh, Glenn calls defanging, mm-hmm. which is you came in with this big gnarly idea in your brain, and odds are, sometimes there are exceptions to this, odds are part of the problem here, as Jed was kind of pointing to in this specific question, are this whole thing in your mind seems far bigger and scarier and more intractable than what it than actually, it actually is. is. You mm-hmm. were saying, you know, um, the 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 key to the having the this stable life so with the children is you got you got to go get a respectable job in some ways. Well, a lot of guys are, there's going to be some stuff that's wrapped up in it's it is harder to get a job with a record. Yeah, mm-hmm. and especially in the state of Illinois, we're not denying that, but there's a kind of an emotional reality under that. Which is, I am not a person who is fit for society, yep. and I have done things, and now i got to go to that. So we make a joke, or we tell a story or something to defang that underlying thing. Yep. Now, so that, that, and that's a very powerful idea of kind of uh, taking the boogeyman element out yes. of it. Yes, yes. And that's something that's critical to what we do at Bridge. It's also critical to what we do on the podcast. Absolutely. We're going to take a, 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 another turn here. We're going to look at uh, some... Frequently asked questions Ooh. in our lives, and as we pointed out, it's an interesting thing. Uh, one of the interesting kind of obviously things that are different about something like the bridge and something like the podcast is the bridge. We got a room full of fifty guys. If we say something about stealing grandma's VCR and somebody chuckles, we you got to cop to that. Yeah, right. We're all kind of in this together. Obviously, the medium of podcasting. One of the things that's cool is about it. Cool about it is it's in your headphones while you're running, you're or you're in the car, or you're doing errands, or you're doing the dishes, whatever you're doing. But it's kind of one of those, it's just us and you. Yeah. Think about how creepy that is. <laughs> just hey, us and you. We're in your head right now, aren't we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so sometimes when people write in questions, they're, they, we get the distinct sense that they kind of feel like they're the only one. Sure. And we are the, uh, the degenerate uncles of Christianity who right. you can write in your weird question to. Right. And we'll have an answer to you. Here's the thing. I can guarantee you this. I'm, I'm going to ask Glenn and Jed to get more specific. But... If you've written in a question to this podcast or the blogs, we've gotten it 25 times over at least. Absolutely yeah. right. You have not come up with the crazy weird question. We could do a whole other episode about the crazy weird questions we've got, but that we would have to put the explicit tag on, and that really yeah, doesn't help. A certain which... number of those we answer offline. Those don't yeah. necessarily make yeah. it on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so, as Glenn, I want you to start us off because you, 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 the blog, I don't know if you heard, Jed. Very popular. I heard it was quite popular. So Glenn gets a lot of questions because of the popularity. Sure, absolutely. It's quite, it's quite popular. People don't just want an answer. They want a popular answer. That's true. <laughs> they Lord. want a, No, they don't want a populist answer. That's a different thing. That's about the means of production. Absolutely. <laughs> popular. That's something different. But Glenn, if you pick uh, maybe the, the number one example of everybody who writes this end to me seems to think... They're the special case on this, and I've already gotten this ten times today. Uh, well, uh, we already mentioned masturbation as that. Sure, I mean, I mean that's. But in, in, and let's say this part. Um, part of my job is is talking to pastors and doing counseling type stuff with pastors, and uh, that's the same thing there. Yep, same thing there. Yeah, it 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 is no less common there than anywhere else. Uh, so, 
uh, it's it, it just, but the thing that's, you just want to take a time like this out to say, how on earth do you all think you're the only one? Yep. Because you're all. You're all doing it. You're all. You are not propping up the internet pornography industry by yourself, friend. <laughs> you really, really super aren't. If all the Christians in the world stopped participating in porn, the that industry would be crippled overnight and, and have no income to it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, we get that a lot. And uh, uh, more and more, I would say, uh, almost daily... I'm in my mid-20s, and I've never been on a date. Yeah. If you think those two are related, you could go ahead and think that. Yeah. Um, but here's l- – l- let me contrast that, and I'll send this over to Jen. L- l- let me contrast that. I never get – I'm in my mid-20s, I've never been on a date, and that's because I had a well-meaning moron who was my – youth pastor who told us the dumbest nonsense you ever heard screwed all of our heads up completely and here i find myself in my mid-20s and i've never been on a date what what do i do with this situation i never i mean i never get i read this dumb book this i went to this dumb conference uh, and I had a youth pastor who was dumb. Sweet people, loving people, tried to help me, but gave me cataclysmically dumb advice based on a lack of yeah. knowledge of how to minister to people, how to counsel people, how to help people find healthy relationships. And as a result, I am deeply screwed up because of this thing that I heard. I never get, I mean, literally, yeah. never get that. So uh, you realize that there's. It's not just that there's a problem with people in their mid-20s that have never been on a date, but there's a problem that they're not bringing up that they all have in common of not seeing how did we get here. Yeah, and, that, and, of course, that's more important to solve. Well, that is kind of a, a, a perspective they would have no way to get because right. they're not in the position we are of getting right, exactly. these questions all the exactly. time. You turn, on that, you turn on that anonymous button on your blog and all of a sudden – Questions get a little get a little raw. Yeah, yeah. And but we can kind of one of the reasons that uh, nothing seems to phase us when we read it on the podcast, and it's the same way at the bridge. Part of that is you sit down and you occasionally get a question from an armed gang leader about mm-hmm. some deep theology. You learn to keep a poker face. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> you learn to well. It's interesting that the thing about while in your brain you're going think 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 think. Yes. Yeah. So one is that, but also one is. Um, there's just nothing that extreme coming up here, and no, we okay. we see that then these overall things. And Jed, anything to add on this? Yeah, I would say uh, the other thing that we get all the time is for those who are who are in relationships. I'm in a dating relationship, and we've gone way farther than we wanted to. Right. Yeah. We've gone way farther than we meant to, uh, and now we don't know what to do. Probably we should break up because we're cursed. Right. Right. Um, right, right, right. I think it was interesting, and I think it's the thing behind that, but it's also the thing behind a lot of the stuff with masturbation and pornography is the sense of surprise. Yes. How could this have happened? Yes. I thought I was a good Christian, uh-huh. and and it turns out I am a great big sinner, mm-hmm. and I just don't know what to do with that. I am so I am surprised and appalled mm-hmm. and alarmed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing, you know, one of the things that kind of unifies definitely the work we do on the streets and, and kind of the work that we do online is the recognition 
you know, people in churches talk about a concept called the total depravity of man. Uh, and, and very briefly, it basically means people are sinful, uh, that they mm-hmm. are they are fallen, that they you know need a, a savior. It, it comes um, naturally to them. It comes naturally to them. Their natural state is doing the wrong thing. Um, uh, we actually really believe that, mm-hmm. uh, both because the Bible says it, but also because it is demonstrably and observably true in the world at large and in the world we operate in. What's funny is the number of people that go to church and would purport to believe that that do not believe that about themselves. That, Hello. That do not, yeah. Because this is the thing. If you actually believe you are depraved, if you actually believe that doing the wrong thing comes naturally to you, you shouldn't be surprised when you do the wrong thing. <laughs> that's right. Um, you should say, no, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's, this is the other thing that we see um, in the work we do on the streets, but it, it comes up with work we do online. Take anyone. I don't care who it is. The most righteous, most holy person you can think of, whoever, Billy Graham, Bill Hybels, the guy that runs the Passion Conference, whatever. You put them in the right situation, they'll do the worst thing you could possibly imagine. No doubt about it. You put them in the right situation with the right people around them, the right circumstances, the worst stuff you can envision, they'll do. I guarantee it. Same true for us. Same is true for me. I promise you that's true. People... You can debate nature versus nurture all you want. The Bible says the nurture, is, the nature is corrupt. Right. That's what the Bible says, which means the rest of it is all the environment. Right. It's all what's what's put before you. So therefore, if you put a person in a high enough temptation environment, whether that's based on the internet or based on the person they're dating or whatever else, if you put a person in a high enough temptation environment for long enough, they will give in to that temptation. Right. It's a guarantee. Right. That's why it's not a surprise to us, even if it's a surprise to them. That's absolutely right. It's one of those things of your the questions that come to the blog, not only do they not shock us, not only do they um they make sense. Yep. Whatever your question is, whether it's uh, in the twenties and I've never dated, we we've seen enough to know that makes sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you're a person on if you're one of the guys who comes to the bridge and said, You won't believe it, but I sold grandma's dog. Right. That actually makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Well, yeah. Make it right. Doesn't make it we're not saying that it's it's logical or false, but if you dig uh, deep how, enough, how else are you going to get heroin if you're an ambitious uh, uh, and driven heroin user? It's two a.m. I need a fix. Mm-hmm. Grandma has a dog. There you yada, go. Yada yada yada. Heroin. Right. She doesn't even like the dog, folks. I don't know why she's getting so messed, twisted out of shape out about the dog. That's right. I mean, it's not that great a dog. They keep making saying. more dogs, but heroin. Once you've smoked it, it's gone forever. <laughs> <laughs> That is a terrible slogan for heroin. (laughs) But we'll close out to say, we'll close out as I try to think of something to buffer that heroin dog reference by saying that we we really do enjoy getting questions. They are, they, um, the more honest you are in the questions, the more we feel like we can help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the more honest you are in the questions, the more you're helping other people who maybe don't have the courage to pick up the honesty. That's one of the things we always kind of harp on at the bridge when we get one of those que- one of these questions that's real honest about you know i've done these things is everybody else, everybody in this room has done something that they feel this way about yeah. i can never get the forgiveness i may not be this exact thing and you're the one who had the courage to just put it out there and try to get the help and you're going to be, be that tip of the spear for all of us not generally yeah. goes podcast one more thing yeah just uh, i think the perfect point for us to end on is humility yeah. i think yes. that's what we need and uh, that's what we have to grab a hold of in order to do quality ministry, our our pastors have taught us a lot about that in terms of the really good ones 
tend to be the really humble ones. Yep, absolutely. Uh, there are uh, there are many sermons that I've preached at the bridge where I've had to say five times in the middle of that sermon, I'm talking about me. Absolutely. I'm not talking about a theoretical thing. I'm not talking, I'm not preaching at you that you have this problem. I'm saying we have this problem. We all have this problem. And and it, and, and I'm trying to say this in a way that sounds familiar to yeah. you, but it, if I'm able to do that, that's because I have done this wrong. Uh, we had a... Uh, a night at the bridge recently, uh, where the uh, the subject was parenting. We we're talking about how to be a better parent to your kids, and of course, all the people in this room are somewhere between you know neglect and non-existent in terms mm-hmm. of parents, and they're very very upset about that, and they're very hurt that they haven't done a better job so we're talking about as sensitive as you can possibly get and how do you say anything without being judgmental and condemning of who they are and they're already on that without you and we have to get them off of that just to winner and what on earth are we going to say about this and one of our more experienced and one of our it has to be said one of our more teachable pastors um bless his heart stands up gets on the mic Looks everyone in the eye and he, he says, "How you you asked me to talk about how to be a better parent?" He takes a little pause there and he says, "Don't ask me. My kids are crazier than hell." <laughs> and I mean, it was two minutes of solid laughter. Of it was all unclenching. Yeah, all relief. Yeah. All relief, and they hung on every word that dude said for the next ten minutes. Yeah, I mean every, and they felt so at home and so comfortable and so but it was the humility of saying i have this problem too if you hear you know if you hear us say something smart on this podcast is for two reasons one we've had these struggles in, 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 in all these cases and we and maybe we don't do a good enough job of reminding people of that but that's that's absolutely true uh, uh, and, and in some cases, we still have it. We may be doing well with it, but we still struggle with Absolutely. it. Sure. So that's you know that's if we sound relevant, that's because it's a relevant thing in our own lives. Uh, but the other thing is, we do get a, a, a number of questions that do follow along similar lines, and we have spent a lot of time uh, both on our knees with God, trying to get some insight with uh, from Him, but also talking and listening to one another, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, you know, when is in a second we're going to hit uh, uh, the the stop button on the recording, and we're going to go to McDonald's, we're going to sit down, and we're going to talk about all the kinds of things that you guys send in to us. We wrestle with these things, we talk offline about them. Uh, What's the angle we're not seeing? What's the real struggle all of that. here? All of that. You know, there. You know, are are we missing something here? And can we uh, speak to this on a deeper level? So uh, 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 we want to humble ourselves and, and tell you that we don't have the magic solutions to all these things, that, and we have to spend a lot of time working on it, and that everything you hear us do on this podcast, you can do. Amen. That we don't have some sort of bizarre, special wisdom gene that allows us to do all these things. No, you're absolutely right. And I'll close out on this episode by saying one of the reasons we really enjoy, one of the reasons it works to do all this stuff, the bridge, uh, a lot of, we do the kind of same thing in our uh, jail chapel ministry. 
It's all based around a topic that someone writes in. The blogs, the podcast. One of the reasons that that is a way we like to approach things is a because it's very, as Glenn's saying, very relevant to you. And B is you guys are so sharp. Yeah. You're so on the ball, a lot more than even sometimes you realize. Mm-hmm. And, and Glenn has used this uh, slow, this kind of idea in a lot of times. The Holy Spirit is calling you to himself. He's calling you to God. Ministry is not about motivating you really or as Glenn's telling you, point, even kind of pointing you in the direction. You Most of you, most of the time we know the general direction we're going. Most of the, the bulk of ministry is removing those obstacles in the way. Mm-hmm. And you guys know what the obstacles are better than we do. You know. That's right. You know what you know, what you don't, and that is the way we can be most effective is by listening to you. Yes. Because you guys have a handle on it. We get messages all the time from people listening to this podcast who are doing amazing ministry, and even if it's not direct, uh, straight up kind of ministry, doing amazing um, school teachers and counselors and people who, you know, are out there running families and being big parts of the life of churches and campus ministries and doing all this amazing stuff. And as Glenn's saying, if we can come along and just say, I think if we can be the guy who comes up next to you when you're doing the work on the car and say, I'd think about putting that there and that works. So we're happy as clams to be doing that all day long. And we, we do, we take it very seriously. We put a lot of thought into it, but the, the same thing goes for the guys at the bridge and for you listening to us, which is the main thing is we believe in you. We know that God has amazing things for you. So we hope that hope and believe that we've been called to be a little part of getting that back on track here and there. But the overall thing is this is this is your journey. This is your life. This is your amazing stuff we're doing. We're just putting a little footnote on it to, to hopefully save you learning some lessons the hard way. Amen. So if you have a question for us at podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com, you can always sign up for Bridgebox at missionusa.com com slash bridge box we've we've been lee list this episode so we'll give you a little lee on the outro song this Ooh. is a song that lee wrote for young life got using Young life camps this summer really cool song this is a, just an acoustic version just ladies and car and this is called the love i need so take it out with that just remember we love you god loves you there's nothing you can do about it to say that podcast it does matter how you get your money <laughs> <laughs> i need a love that will not leave me empty I need a love I can't let down A different kind of love That doesn't want to use me A love that just wants me around Love that's patient and gentle kind Love that wants the best for me Love that's perfect when I'm not Love that won't just stop and leave What if this is the love I need? What if I am tired of a heart that's always broken? And what if I want something that is What if there is truth to the words that you have spoken? What if this love can really heal? Love that's patient, gentle, kind. Love that wants the best for me. Love that's perfect 
when I'm not Love that won't just stop and leave What if this is the love I Love that's patient, gentle, kind Love that wants the best for me Love that's perfect when I'm not Love that won't just stop and leave What if this is the love I have? What if this is the love I have?